0: I am super excited to introduce my guest. He is a talented actor, best known for his series regular role on the Amazon series Studio City. I want to welcome my student, Philip Bruin, to the podcast. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thanks, Billy.
0: So, you know, I created this podcast to inspire young artists to follow their dreams, right? If a kid like me yep. can come out to Hollywood at 18 with 200 bucks in my pocket, a one-way ticket, not knowing a soul out here, and making the dream a reality, then why can't the listener out there, All right? So, you know, I, I'd like the audience to know how we met. You want to tell them how we met? Yeah. So um, I've been in the Hollywood scene for
1: a few years and I had someone very close to me who Man, for the last like three years, I started listening to a lot of different types of podcasts regarding, you know, for actors and starting out actors, mid-level actors. And uh, this person close to me had said, "Hey, I came across um, Billy Gallo's podcast. You should check it out." And so I've been listening to it for man, I don't know how many months. And then eventually, they said, "You know, you should actually check out his class." And then hopped on a Zoom call with you. And next thing I know, I was, you know, you and I are sitting down talking and really catching to this vibe that we have a lot of similarities and backgrounds and it really got me excited to come sit down with you and, and really approach you as a, an acting coach and check out the class and it's been amazing
0: awesome so i like to get you know go to the beginning when did you get started how'd you know you wanted to be an actor oh man
1: so i, I grew up in this place called wilmington north carolina and when I was in high school, actually a few years before that, uh, Screen Gym Studios came out there and built out a giant uh, soundstage. And while I was in high school, they had this kind of daytime soap teen drama called Dawson's Creek going. So I hopped on with a couple other friends in school. We were doing like extra work there. And then when that show ended, um, another show called One Tree Hill came in and a pilot called Grand Strand. And I was just doing extra work for fun. And then next thing I know, I had... <laughs> There was a scene in this pilot where it was like a rock concert and they needed a bunch of extras having like a lot of energy in the background. Right. And I just had a lot of fun. I was jumping up and down, head banging, really going to it to the point where um, some of the people in production were like, this guy's really into it. And uh, they approached me and chatted with me afterwards. And I kind of went and hung out with a couple of the production guys. And it was a cool little experience because at that point I had never really thought about being an actor but it made me when I got into college, I uh, worked on a couple short films and they went to like a short film film festival just for fun. And those same production guys from the pilot were in the film festival watching that. And they're like, hey, you know, this kid's got something. He might be worthwhile to get into a project. So they referred me over to this TV show that was coming to Wilmington to shoot a pilot um, that was called Whittaker Bay. And so I tested for it. They had me test for one character that was like the bad boy, the leather jacket style, you know what I'm talking about. And <laughs> um, <laughs> making the career out that. And it, it didn't fly with that, but they liked talking with me. They liked how, I guess, I was just interacting with people in the waiting room. And so then they had me read for another character who was like the best friend, love interest character. And I ended up booking that. And I was like, I had no prior background in acting it was all just kind of whirlwind happening and then when i jumped on the set it was just i don't know man it was it was beautiful it was i didn't know that that's what i wanted to do until i was doing it and while i was doing it i was figuring out hey there's a lot of stuff that i don't know how to do and uh, did the first season of that project um, that aired on WGN. And then after that, that's when I was like, you know what? I want to move to Hollywood. And this this is what I'm gonna do. This is I have fun with this. It's exciting. It's it's different. Nobody else I know in my hometown was doing it. And uh, yeah, so I auditioned for the school called American Academy of Dramatic Art. When I got accepted there, I was like, all right, great. I'm moving to Hollywood, I'm gonna get trained, I'm gonna be this, I wanna be this actor.
0: That's awesome. So you got bit by the bug. Yeah. And how'd you get that first audition? I mean, you know, tell me your the path to, you know, really going after the dream.
1: So when I did that one pilot, when I was just the extra as this like, uh, like audience member, a couple of the people that I met there, you know, they were like, hey, you got a really cool energy. And uh, I wanted to kind of learn a little bit more about what film production was. So I was constantly hitting those guys up and I'd kind of meet up with them just to kind of pick their brain. And that's really what I've done over the last 10 plus years is, you know, I meet people that I I find very interesting or that I feel have like a giving type of energy to them. And I I just pick their brains and I want to learn. Um, so with those guys, I was picking at them, trying to understand what the entertainment industry is, how everything operates. And, um, then when they saw me do some of these short films, that's when they asked me to come on and audition, but I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I get there and I'm like trying to read the audition with the script in front of my face, not knowing like character choices and, and trying to project and be something that that wasn't myself or that I, I didn't know how to, I guess, act maybe. And um, that's why when they turned around, they're like, hey, you know what? Come back and read this other character, which I think that other character was a little bit more in line with like who I was and made it maybe a little bit easier to understand what's he doing or, or like what's his purpose of, uh, of the scene or, or that audition. And that's really what got me started, but it was more than just that audition it was the first day on set when I was super excited, but at the same time, like, you know, I was piss at myself basically. Cause I really, I was excited, but I didn't know what I was doing. And, couldn't figure out how to get the lines right, couldn't figure out, you know, I didn't know stage directions. I didn't know camera angles and stuff like that. And even though, you know, that's beyond just the audition, it was really a lot about understanding etiquette on, on set. That's where I had no background in either. Fast forward to when I actually moved out to LA, uh, I think when I went to school, I went to school and they really taught you a lot about like character development or theater but they didn't tell you about what to do in the audition room and I hadn't really auditioned for anything big outside of that one series I did beforehand that kind of was like lightning strike random occurrence and then actually moving to Hollywood was completely different and when I got out here man they just told you nothing about the audition process. You you don't know who's who, you know, if there's multiple people in the room, who, you know, who am I reading to or, or what am I really doing and even how to get an agent. I mean, <laughs> the first time I actually got an agent, I went through and created a list of people that I wanted to get in front of, tried the emailing the straightforward approach. And as a basically as a nobody didn't get a time of day. But in Hollywood, being a commercial actor is way easier to attain than trying to get in as a theatrical actor so this first agency I went up to I hit them up and said I want to be a commercial actor with them and I want to do a commercial interview and this is a pretty decent mid-level agency and so they put me on the books but before I went in there to go in and meet with their commercial department and before I went in there I looked at their theatrical department I looked at who their new face and new talent development was And so I went in and I went to check in with the front desk girl for the actual theatrical departments. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm here to see so-and-so. We got a a two o'clock meeting. They're like, oh, we don't have you on the book. I'm like, I don't know. You should probably call them and tell them to come out here because we've got the meeting. Here's my confirmation email. Flash quick email so they don't really see that I'm there for a commercial meeting. And they go, oh, we must have had a mix-up. You're under their commercial departments meetings for new faces. They're like, oh, should probably bring them out here. So they actually called them out and they come outside and they're like, who are you? I, I don't have a meeting set up. And I went, no, actually you you don't have a meeting set up. I just wanted the opportunity to, to get in front of you. Um, I had a friend who was actually a, a casting associate who had given me a referral like, oh yeah, check out this agency. I'm like, oh, so-and-so said you'd be great. And I wanted to sit down and and see if we might be a right fit. And they're like, you've got five minutes for your tenacity. Wow. Yeah. So that was the, the first I was able to actually get it. Now, obviously it's like a, you know, not an everyday occurrence, and I'm sure me talking about now, people try to do that. Some agents might be wise to it, but uh, you know, there's was, there's was a lot that I've learned over the years that's not in the books that I've seen, and that's been you know talking with other actors who are ahead of me or in the same place in their career and how they're able to be creative and try to be just get your foot more in the door or finding how to get those opportunities. I mean, I even at one point tried to start my own agency. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, fortune favors the bold. You know, sometimes it's those big bold moves that pay off. So, did you get that theatrical agent?
1: I did not get that theatrical agent. So they they enjoyed the interview, but they're like, "Hey, man, basically you're you're too green. Come back when you got a, a couple more co star credits, put together mm-hmm. a demo reel, and then we'll we'll reevaluate." But it was just too green for them. Which later on, I ended up getting an agent who. I'd found out about a, like an agency mixer birthday party at a particular hotel. So I finagled my way into a, uh, this mixer went up to try to talk to the agent that I wanted to talk to made a complete fool of myself. But while I did that, there was another guy at the end of the bar watching and chuckling, watching me try to chat with this one agent. He turned out to be an agent for another agency. And he was like, come here, talk to me. What are, you, what are you trying to do here? And I just told him straight up, like, man, I'm just trying to get rep, trying to meet some people and live the dream, trying to trying to pursue that. So he's like, that was, was creative. How'd you get in here? And I told him how I snuck my way in and how I'd heard about it. And uh, he sat me down and was like, okay, let's actually, you've got that drive. So let's have a meeting at my agency on a, another particular day. So I would sat down with him, and then he introduced me to his theatrical department. And that was my uh, my first theatrical agent.
0: You got to have that drive. You know, you can have the training, you can have the talent, but that X factor, that desire, that hunger, you know, that you know relentless pursuit of I'm going to make this dream a reality is really important. You know, I mean, I remember when I came out to Hollywood and you know, I showed up to the, the studio lot and the guard at the gate said, sorry, kid, you can't come in. And I was like, you know, I, I went around the building, I climbed the fence, I landed on a lot. And next thing you know, I'm on, you know, the lot walking down the street and Kevin Bacon's filming a movie, Quicksilver. And, you know, I literally walked up while they were filming and they're like, you know, who is this guy? And I was like, yeah, I'm a New York actor. They didn't know I just jumped a lot. And I hung out <laughs> all day long. I made friends. It was awesome. You know, you can't do that now. Now you'll get arrested, but you know, you, yeah. it's, it's having that hunger. You have to have that hunger. Yep. So yeah. now you have an agent, right? Yeah. Then one.
1: Mm-hmm. So at that point it was really, they were like, okay, you know, we're not a management group. You got to figure out, you know, what do you want to do with your career? Where do you want to go? They talked to me about what type of projects I wanted to be on, but they also were working within my type And they looked at me as, okay, this is a developmental actor. We'll get them under five roles or, uh, you know, maybe low level day players or something of that regard. And I'm like, no, you know, I'm going to be I need better than that. So (laughs) what I was mentioning to you before is um, at one year I snuck into the Oscars because there were some producers that I wanted to meet. And they were working on some indie projects that I was super hyped about. There were some actors attached that I thought was awesome. I thought I could be great for this, and I told my agent I was going to get an audition with these guys. And uh, I tried to sneak into the Oscars. It took me maybe about almost two hours to get in. Um, Did you get
0: all dressed up and tux.
1: That's part of what helped me get in.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I had a three I had a
1: three piece suit on. Luckily, what I actually ended up saving. Me was I had a cigar in my pocket because there were tons of people trying to get in. You know, people trying to pay thousands of dollars to get in the door. People trying to, you know, go around side entrances, things like that. And um, I would make my way around and I saw other people getting caught. know, the sheriffs are out there. You're trespassing basically. It's a private event. But a lot of the people trying to get in weren't dressed in a suit. So I played the part, hop on my phone like I'm making a call, and I'm just kind of wandering around somewhere. And uh, I ended up, I made my way around to the back, like dumpster area, you know, where the, all the uh, caterings dropping stuff off. Mm-hmm. And as an actor, you know, I I did some catering jobs, you know, some bartending jobs, trying to make ends meet and stuff. Starting out, and I was like, oh, this is the scullery dump area. I can just follow this in right up, right up to the front. So I go in the back and I uh, I, I pop open there. They're um, like these giant garbage to get in to the sculler, scullery area and security heard it. So I'm walking up and I see a couple of these waiters smoking cigarettes and I went, like, hold out my cigar. Hey, guys, you got a light? And I sit there, start smoking my cigar with them. I'm like, man, it's a crazy night tonight. Right. And I'm just sitting here chopping it up with the waiters. Security comes running by. Hey, you guys seen anybody sneak in back here? And we're like, oh, I don't know. I heard something back by the dumpsters over there. You should go check it out.
0: <laughs> so yeah. they
1: go run off. The waiters put their cigarettes out. I'm sitting here with my cigar. I'm like, I need to get out of here right now. And a couple more things happened. And then eventually I actually got in and then made my way to kind of the reception area and uh um, met the producers I wanted to meet with and and got a little meeting with them. Didn't tell really? them I snuck in. They thought I was supposed to be there. So, you know, had to keep that on the DL. And uh, didn't make it onto the project, but I kept that relationship with them, and we still chat here and there, trying to figure out where I might fit in on a on a good project for them. But I was able to bring that email correspondence over to my age and say, "Hey, I met up with the producers that I was talking about. You know, can you line something up for me? Can we get auditions?" And they had me read for them. And you know, it didn't work out for the, that particular project, but it kept me on the radars and in the same sense of. Later on, when I actually started kind of pivoting after the pandemic into producing, trying to learn from an actor standpoint, how to build and cultivate relationships with producers, casting directors, agents, in a different dynamic that I I wasn't aware of as as just an actor.
0: Let's talk about that. I mean, I think that's great. I tell my actors all the time, you want to, you know, create your own projects. You don't want to sit around and wait for the phone to ring. You know, you have to become a little producer. And especially now with the technology, with the iPhones, I mean, You know, you don't have to wait for anybody. You can create whatever it is you want. I mean, I was so proud the other day. I went to a screening of uh, Hunter from Class and and Nathan and Chad. They created a short film and they used their resources and they cast 20 actors from the Manhattan Actors Studio and they borrowed locations, a pizzeria. And, you know, and they 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 shot a short film for three hundred dollars. Okay, three hundred dollars. It wow. cost them more to rent the theater to screen it than the actual budget of the project. Now, it was crazy because when, you know, I said, you know, you could screen it here at the Manhattan Active Studio, my studio, but I only have 16 seats and they had a big turnout. So they needed a bigger theater and they found a theater in Hollywood on in on Heliotrope and in, in, in Hollywood. And I went to go to the screening and it's a theater that I built with my actor friends back in 1995. Whoa. Full circle. We were a bunch of actors in the complex theater and they were raising our rent. And we were like, you know what, we got to find our own space. And we called the theater, the space theater and we built it, you know, and we created this space. I, I didn't know that that place was still alive. The one theater oh, wow. in Hollywood that they rent is the theater that I built. So now here I am watching this movie on the screen that 20 of some of my actors are in. And it was just, it was bizarre. I mean, it was mind blowing how full circle that came. But I was so proud of these actors because they created their own project. And I've been preaching, you know, write, learn how to write, learn how to edit, learn how to, you know, create your own project. So you pivoted during the pandemic and you really started studying producing. So can you tell me uh, about that?
1: Yeah. So, you know, before the pandemic, I was listening to a lot of like interviews and motivational talks from a variety of actors who I always looked up to, you know, chats with Denzel Washington, chats with Will Smith, chats with Keanu Reeves, Robin Williams. uh, And well, even in that, I worked with Robin once, who gave me some really good advice on, um, on a particular set. And a lot of them talk about like, talent versus skill. And that's kind of what eventually translated over later on to when I started producing. But their whole idea is like as an actor, talent, right? You're either going to be super talented and you don't need to worry about other things. People will handle that for you. If you're that Meryl Streep or you're that Daniel Day-Lewis type thing, or you, you develop the skill you, you work hard you you outperform or outbeat everybody else you know you have uh that drive that X factor like you're talking about and the hunger to be you know maybe adaptable learn to write maybe learn to direct learn to to produce and um, it was when I was on the Studio City project we shot the first season, I think it was right before the pandemic and then working into our second season the pandemic had hit and then there was that one you know that one month where the industry opened up like briefly in 2020 so we tried to shoot a couple more episodes and then everything shut down again and at that point i was like all right i'm really discouraged i'm not sure what can i do so i started talking to some of the guys that were in production from the studio city i talked with the showrunner um, i talked with some of the other like consulting producers and they were like you know like we're talking about, create your own project, figure out how to do that. Um, So I started looking into and expanding my network and just picking everybody's brains like I used to. And I got turned on to a book called uh, Down and Dirty Pictures, which was kind of the biography and the development from the 80s through the 2000s of Robert Redford and his development of Sundance and then of the Weinsteins and their development of like Miramax and kind of how they built up the indie industry um, and after that I read this book by a producer named Art Linson and he's got two books out now and his first one was called A Pound of Flesh and I, I like that one more just because it was a lot of the films I watched growing up like Scrooge with Bill Murray or uh, he's just got a whole bunch of stuff and he talked about how to create your own projects under like a particular level of budget um, and then I started looking into this book called Producer Producer to Producer and everything like knowledge-wise that I was gaining is like, how do you create a project with no budget, minimal budget? How do you pull these resources together like the other guys from class making a project for 300 bucks? Like, There's crazy things that you can do um, if you've got just an idea or, or the drive. So after about like two years of reading these books and, and picking people's brains, I an opportunity came to me because I think I was really putting myself into the position of, uh, you know, what they call luck, you know, preparation, meeting. What is it? Preparation, meeting, skill equals luck, something like that.
0: Yeah. Opportunity.
1: Opportunity. So the luck was, you know, I had been really trying for a couple of years to learn about what it is to produce, how to create my own project. There's some stories that I want to tell. And in talking to all these different people about how did you get your start? Where's some information I could pull from? Eventually, they, somebody reached out to me saying, hey, we've got a project we want to do. If you want to come on, um, we'll, we'll take you on in a, in a particular position. I, I started out as production coordinator, which was kind of a higher level production. I, I skipped over being a PA. I skipped over being an APOC and just went right into being a PC and you know jump into the fire. But I thought I could do it from all of the um, uh, stuff I had been reading. And that project, I learned a lot behind the camera, like how productions operate that I'd never really thought about as an actor. And I thought, man, this is some really good knowledge that a starting out actor could really benefit from it If you knew about it, if you knew where to look, but no acting class I'd had before that, or, or study sessions really talked about learning the business of show business from an actor's point of view, you know, something as simple as having a loan out company for taxes, and how your people strike your deals for you for example you know that's something that no actor would really know except for experienced veteran actors and like hey this is going to be our pr packaging versus our um you know how much money we're going to make on x y and z but it helps with with your business setup you know at the end of the day uh, what i've really noticed is actors are entrepreneurs you know we are our own business we advertise ourselves we're creative but this is a the show business and yeah so From there, I I produced a couple more films. Um, I worked from being like a UPM unit production manager um, to a line producer creating budgets um, to a production supervisor, associate producer, which that kind of gets on to what I was talking about in that uh, email I'd sent you. Understanding what different types of producers' jobs are, different people's jobs are on set is really beneficial for an actor, especially if you're trying to get in. You know, like if you go down the line of... uh, auditioning and getting onto a network television show or a daytime or a a studio film, it operates one particular way. But for a lot of starting out actors, you know, if you are trying to get your foothold in the indie film scene, anything that's less than a $10 million budget, there's, there's a way to kind of figure out how to most benefit your career. You know, I I was, I heard, um, I think it was an interview with Jim Carrey. He talked about, you know, your first five projects will dictate how your career goes. And it's like what you're choosing for the roles or what you're choosing for the level of project can have an impact. And being able to vet out what the reality of what a particular project is or maybe how it's going to look can can benefit young actors. How do you do that? So a lot of the stuff that I learned about in the idea of wanting to produce was the education to understand and know what type of things to ask uh, a production. Like when I emailed you, I'd had a a sit down meeting with a a production group. And in the first 10 minutes, I got like a yellow flag off of one, basically like one question I asked. And within the next hour of of communicating and not trying to be rude, but while being respectful, just kind of asking particular questions, it was like, okay, you know, what's, um, you've got a 90 page script or 120 page script, right? Hey, you know, how long are you guys going to shoot for? Two weeks. That's a big red flag because if you really think about it, when you're – Do you the know, math. Just, do yeah. the math. 120 <laughs> a pages. pages yeah. You break that down daily. That's eight, nine, ten pages a day. True. Sure. It's you a lot think of Think about that. It's like that's a lot of setups. That's not a lot of time for takes. What's the quality of this going to be? Mm-hmm. And that was like a first like mm. – now there's production groups that do – make films like that, that i'm not going to say who they are but um you know they pump out a lot of indie films in, in two-week manners but they have reputations for being low-level films which then can you know tag you as an actor for being like oh you're just this you know particular quality of level and it may be harder to get out of that um so that was like one thing something else that i was asking him was i was like okay so what's your what's the line producer have you guys budgeted at and they're like, oh, you know, it's going to be budgeted at um, fifteen million. I was like, wow, okay, fifteen million—that's that's a pretty decent budget. That's above indie,
0: It's a two-week shoot.
1: <laughs> that's a red flag. I was like, okay. I was like, so, so, and something else that I asked is, when you're usually under like ten million dollars for a budget, um, the way people sell tickets domestically in the U.S. and internationally is based off of. Um, talent names that are attached to it. Right. So it's like, you have to have three leading names that would have pre-sales to be 10 million. So I was like, oh, well, who's the people you've got attached to this so far? And they were only talking to me as kind of, you know, a support character, but I was like, who are the stars going to be? They said, oh, we're in talks with so-and-so We're in talks with so-and-so. Anytime people say they're in talks, it's not anything until they have a signed contract.
0: Sure. Or a letter of commitment. Exactly. Yeah. So
1: you can be in talks with everybody up and down and it never end up being anything. So the moment they're saying, oh, we're in talks with so-and-so, I'm like, okay. I was like, so what's their agent asking for their rate right now? This is not a normal ask actor question. They were True. kind of like, oh, hey, you know, I'm a executive producer, not a, a creative producer. I'm like, well, that's cool. Do you have an idea? I'm like, oh yeah, it's going to be 10 million total for talent. I went, like, so what you're telling me is you have a $15 million budget, 10 million is going to talent. going to production costs for a two-week shoot. That's really like vetting out what level of production that'll be.
0: Sure. There's a lot of fakers in this town, you know, and, you know, you got to really do your research. You know, when you meet somebody, I mean, you know, you got to go online. I mean, the cool thing is, is now, you know, actors have resources out there. They have IMDB Pro. They have, you know, the internet where they can actually search somebody's name and see if they're you know, uh, have a bad reputation, or you know, there it's a scam, or it, the reviews, or you know, like look them up on IMDb. If they have zero credits, and you know, it's kind of a bit of a red flag. I mean, not saying that they, you know, you can't just be starting out in the business, but it's it's really doing your homework.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a really underutilized tool. You know, if if a young actor is getting started out, and you know, uh, if they join the union, like you could get a union. Join the union as for just being an extra. I think they do like three or four vouchers and you can join up with SAG, right? Well, there's a great tool in SAG that tells you who are the SAG registered Franchise talent. Yes. Who's the the franchise talent? That gives you a big clearance of these people have already done their paperwork. And even beyond that, the next step past that, if you're talking with somebody and they say, oh, yeah, it's going to be a SAG film, is it a DGA film? Yeah, Because that operates differently. The the Director's Guild makes it so that you have the same type of quality standards for the crew. And that's going to tell you sure. how some things are going to be operated, too. So I think you know certain features of SAG are underused. IMDB, there's a lot of actors that I've talked to that are starting out that don't think about utilizing IMDB. I'm like, look them up. How? Just research their name on IMDB. If you're on Pro, you can see who they're associated with. You can see you know, what's the agency or the lawyers that are tied to them. You can see if they've done other productions, you can see box office reviews. And a lot of those numbers can be fudged, you know, at the end sure. of the day when it's on IMDb. But you can then Google them. You know, a big, a big telltale is if you meet a production company, ask for their website. Even that, just do they have a website? And then look at the website. What's the quality of that? And, you know, some people can use like a one-page website and that's neither here nor there. Right. But as long as they have something, that's a telltale sign on its own.
0: Yeah. If you're a young actor, you're looking for representation, you know, IMDb is a must pro because, you know, you can really search up actors. You can find out, you know, who uh, talent agents have on their roster, see if they have anybody like you or, you know, really, let's say you want to get into the door, but you, you you just you can go through the gatekeepers. You can find that assistance email you know, the assistant to the agent and reach out to that person, you know, That's so there's some, so many ways, you emails, phone numbers, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to pester these people, but you know, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. You want to like make some noise, let people know you're out there.
1: There's, so there's something to even time with that. Talk about IMDB and talking about the assistants. A lot of times I've noticed not all the assistants will be listed on IMDB, but you know where they are listed? LinkedIn. Mm. LinkedIn's an underutilized tool. If you sure. really connect all the dots, like, hey, this this uh, agency I want to get in with, I only have their major people here listed. Well, okay, let me go look at their LinkedIn. Who works under them on their LinkedIn, and then you can find the assistance emails or the assistance uh, messaging, anything like that. But it definitely, it's the you know how to be creative, how to get your foot in the door, and then you know, of course, show up when it comes time to show up and and do the work when you actually book the job.
0: Sure. It's all about a reputation in this business. Yeah, you know, it's it's who you know. It's those relationships. You know, as a young actor, you want to start, you know, creating those relationships. Like you said, you worked on this, you know, project early on, and then you work with those people, you know, down the road. You know, it's it's all about reputation. As a young actor, you want to be that guy that everybody likes. You're prepared, you're professional, you're on time. You know, all those things that producers appreciate. Because I know for me as a, as a producer, when I produced, you know, my film – you know, I really realized how important it is that, you know, you can't have an actor showing up late to set because if you're my principal actor and you're late and I got 150 technicians on payroll, I got Teamsters, IOTC, I got all these people that are getting paid and I can't film anything without you there and you're costing me hundreds of thousands of dollars. I had that happen to me and it was a, it was a nightmare. Meal penalties, all these oh, things So you know, you as an actor worst. want to know. If yeah. you know that, then you want to be that actor that you know is there early, prepared. So, you know, those producers see you and they go, "Okay, I, that's a professional actor. I'm going to hire that actor again because I know I can count on you."
1: There's a there's a thing I was on one of the productions I worked on um, behind the camera. We had something similar happen, and we called it the workhorse actor and the name actor right? When they're selling an indie movie, the name actor is a person who they might block shoot out. He's only there five days, but his name's the star name in the credit, right? And his picture is the main picture on the poster board, but he's only in a portion of the film. But then you've got your workhorse actor. He's the, or she, he or she is the the one who's reliable, who may be the, lead, the actual leading star of the project. And you really want to have a good uh, reputation for if you are that, or building your way up, because then people want to work with you again. Like the when I got onto Studio City, I'd worked on a, a cowboy film uh, before that that's on Netflix, and um, I had a I had an accident before I got to set one day, and this was like in week one of a six week shoot. And they basically were like, Hey, you know, we're, we're going to have to replace you. You've got stunts, you've got this and that. And, you know, because of this accident, we're going to have to figure something else out. And I was like, you know what? I'm staying. Don't anymore. So I called the horse wrangler over I'm like, give me my horse. I'm getting on my horse. And you can either (laughs) call the cops and tell them to drag me off my horse. And you're going to lose 60 grand for wasting a day. Or let me do the, let me do the role. And I'll deal with my pain. I'll deal with X, Y, and Z. And I'll deal with my insurance and blah, blah, blah. And it was because of that, like, dedication and still showing up. And, you know, I was they had to work around because there was some stuff that I couldn't physically do because of the injury that I sustained. And uh, eventually they, when they went to that, um, the showrunner for the Studio City show was one of the executive producers on um, this cowboy film. They had had, I don't remember what it was, it was either a problem with another actor or they were needing to figure something out with casting this particular role super last minute. I got a call middle of the night you know, from the show owner like, hey, man, I've got a project idea for you. This is what it's about. It's a pilot. This is where we're going to go with it. You're reliable because I know how you showed up on set. Can you show up on set for this? I was like, yeah, sure. When is it? He's like, oh, it's 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. I'm like, I'm ah. in Vegas right now. <laughs> and it's my literally my birthday and I'm out of town. He's like, catch a flight. There are no flights. Rent a car. I'm like, Okay. Rented a car showed up, got my sides maybe 20 minutes before the first shot of the first episode and and worked it out because they knew I would show
0: up. Yeah. And they'll remember that, you know, and, you know, producers reach out to your last project that you worked on. I'll reach out, you know, if I'm producing a movie and I'm I'm hiring an actor, I'll reach out to the producer of the last movie they worked on and say, how was that actor? Did he show up on time? Was he prepared? Was he professional? Was he likable? Did you enjoy working with him? You know, and your reputation's everything. So you know if note to young actors really start, you know working your craft. I mean, what do you what would be your advice to young actors?
1: starting you know, in was, when you asked me uh, if I would hop on the podcast, I was actually that was what I was thinking about I was like if I wanted to talk to my younger self or if I want to talk to young actors, what would I really want to tell them? and i think I think my my advice to and even thinking about to my younger actor self would be to. Stay diligent, work hard, stay creative. I had an old acting coach a long time ago said, we had a 30-person acting group. He had everybody stand up and says, half of you guys sit down, look around. Another half of you guys sit down, look around. A third of you guys sit down and look around. This is the business of acting. In one year, half of you are going to say, this isn't for me, give up, not be happy. In five years, the other 50% are going to be done. In 10 years, there's only going to be a few of you left, but you've figured out, how to stay consistent, how to build the relationships and how to be, you know, creating your own projects or calling upon other people and getting referrals to other projects or you might get listed out. And so I think to my younger self would be stay diligent um, or to young actors, stay diligent with it. Work every day at your craft. It's It's hard and it's not hard at the same time for actors. You know, a painter can paint sit down and paint every day a musician can play his guitar every day well as an actor what can we do you know and it's work on monologues work on scenes and audio record something else figure out how what are other jobs that are performance based to stay sharp staying in some type of class you know watching people you and i've had the conversations about like when you're watching those cops for cop roles you know that one time the couple cops were outside the uh doing something or other across the street from the studio and you're watching the one young cop act a little bit differently as a Mm -hmm. rookie cop, just being aware of everything and utilizing everything else around you as, as inspiration, knowing yourself. And I think that's a, a big thing is knowing what, who you are, you know, values, morals that can be related to characters or to inspiration for, motivation you know choices but in the professional sense is read books listen to audiobooks, listen to podcasts listen to people that are in acting listen to people that are in production i listen to writers podcasts a lot just to understand how are they writing about characters what's the purpose of certain characters in a storyline because at the end of the day it's if you're the lead that's one thing if you're support you're supporting the lead so how do you support that storytelling? Use all resources, like I was saying, utilizing SAG, utilizing LinkedIn. Uh, There's always a lot of press that comes up from Deadline, from Hollywood Reporter that can give you insight on, you know, certain types of production, certain types of dealing lingo. Yeah, I think uh, that's all I can think of off the top of my head. That's
0: great advice. Yeah, you know, you want to, and don't give up, you know, because a lot of people give up, you know, it could be the very next audition that puts you on the map. Yeah. I can't tell you how many people, I've been in this town a long time. I've been in this business. You know, yesterday I, I uh, was thinking about it. I was watching the SAG Awards, and I got my SAG card in 1985. So, you know, I've been in this business a long time. And, you know, I'm really, truly grateful. But I've seen a lot of actors come into this town, and I've seen a lot of actors leave. And, you know, it's only, you know, the ones that really hung around and, and had other things that, you know, filled them up. You know, other than acting, you know, instead of just waiting by the phone, you know, do something, create something, you know, paint, sculpt, do find some other outlet for your creativity, you know, really work your craft, learn the craft of screenwriting, learn the craft of producing, you know, I mean, it's so important. And now... You have access to so much stuff. You know, I mean, when I came out here, you know, you had to actually book an acting job to get a piece of footage of yourself to put it on your demo reel. You know, now you have a phone. You can create, you yeah. know, the camera's awesome. You can create, you know, a short film. I mean, the film that I watched, my, you know, my actors, it was great. The production value, you would never know that they spent $300 on this project. Yeah. I mean, it had aerial shots. I mean, the acting was, everything about it was just first class. It looked great. So, you know, if they can do that for $300, you can create your own projects. Yeah, You know, work your craft, stay in class. I mean, you're in class tonight, we have class. You're going to be here, you know, at seven o'clock working on your craft. Yeah. You know, what's your biggest takeaway from uh, being in the actor's gym, working your craft here at the Manhattan Actor Studio? Oh, man, you know what's, I actually, I really love
1: your studio and I love your approach on stuff because it's almost like I've felt a difference in how I've been auditioning, right? There's that's even a big thing in itself. There's a lot of classes out there that don't teach you how to audition. Auditioning is its own beast, separate from being on set, and you have to be able to audition well or do a callback well. And and two things I want to say to that, well, to piggyback before on um, something for young actors, learn how to self tape. That's a big thing for this day and age, self-taping, shooting on your phone, learning how to shoot on your phone. You can watch TikTok videos, Instagrams on how to set up your lights, your key lights, your fill lights, you know, everything so that you can learn to shoot your own work or to have good quality self-tape. But then for actor Studio, in all the years of classes I've taken, everybody usually looks at things as like a... What I don't know what they would call like, what's your objective? What's your super objective, right? Like a two prong kind of approach. And what I've learned with your classes is that you kind of have a three prong approach. You know, it could be what's your character doing here? What's your character feeling? And what's kind of the overall essence of, you really said something that inspired me, um, or changed my perspective was, what are you trying to tell the audience? What is the writer trying to tell the audience? And I never thought about that before your class. Like what are you trying to make them feel? Yeah. What are you trying to make them feel? And that was such an impactful way to look at things. And, you know, you have... Exercises that we do that really says, "Hey, what is the feeling of this character?" Because let's say, what about what if you get lost in the dialogue? What if you drop your lines? And then you know, even I've had times in in class with you where I've dropped lines. But you know what? Let me let me keep going with what's the character feeling and, and pick it back up. Or you know, it gets choppy, whatever. As long as you're still in it, and then next thing you know that like that's really good tape, or it can be a really good audition that people go, "Hey." We didn't really think about it that way, but we like how you did that. Like I've had some auditions happen like that now. I think you, the Manhattan Manhattan studio utilizes an actor for all facets of like work in your body, work in your breath. You know, that's something I've seen people do for like dancing theatrics or, you know, voiceover actors. But why not utilize it as a regular actor? Because who knows if you get an audition where you have to dance or who knows if you get you know, something where it might be an animated film audition or, you know, I'm working on a a video game right now where, so it's, you have to use your body doing motion capture and and they've got little cameras attached to your face. And so you've got to be approaching things differently and you talk at different levels, you know, because you've got all the gear that's right up against you. And I think the, your studio has really helped me develop those skills in a different fine-tuned way that I hadn't really had before.
0: Everything that I do here is to really push everybody outside their comfort zone because everything you want as an actor is outside your comfort zone. I mean acting is uncomfortable. You're you're on a stage, you have eyes and all all these eyeballs on you. You're you're on on a set, you know, so I that's why I do the circle. That's why I make you open up your voice. Nobody's going to ask you to sing and dance. I do. Because yeah. when you get that audition and it's a couple of lines, it's like no big deal. I had to sing and dance in in class or you know uh, you know, when we film, I mean, it's like being on set, you, you know, you, you got to hit your, you got to stand on a mark, it's framed, you got to hold your frame. It's So it's really teaching you how to self tape. It's teaching you how to, you know, be able to do it on one take, because sometimes all you get is one take. That's a huge thing. You,
1: I mean, I had that happen one time where I think it might've been my first class with you when I went up to do a tape and I, I botched, halfway through the monologue i'm like oh hey you know can i pick that back up or calling out for line as you would on set be like hey man treat this as an audition you don't get to call out for line one mm-hmm. take that's it and that really made me go you know what this is a, this is great because even though you do have a little bit of scene set up to be as if you were on set but you also operate it as if it is an audition and you've got 10 15 people in the chairs on the back side that would be just like casting a, it would Producer. be casting, it would be Director. a producer's call, you know, it would be a network sit down or a, a screen test where you've got sure. all those people in there and you may have a black box room with a couple little objects and you get your one take. And that, that it really um, mimics a lot of the industry that I haven't seen other classes do or studios do. You know, you get the feeling of the audition, you get the feeling of testing, you get the feeling of... Um, even the warm up and and grounding your body. And and you really do approach things as a a mentor and you take the time with each individual person and working with them. And so, you know, it's a really nice community studio that you've developed here.
0: Thank you. Well, you know, I am an actor and I know what it's like to be an actor and You know, I know the stuff that we deal with. So I I love actors. I love working with actors. And I know, you know, I've been through it. Everything that they could possibly imagine, I've been there, done that. You know, I've been down that path. I've been in that room at Network with 20, you know, executives in the suits. And I want to prepare my actors for when that comes. Because if you've never, you know, been in that room, it could get, you know, nerve-wracking when you walk into a room with 20 executives. Dude, the
1: the first time I ever had that situation happen, I bombed, bombed terribly because it I wasn't expecting it. I didn't know what to expect and got way more nervous in the moment that happened. It's like, okay, hey, you're going to sit down with this, this one casting person, go in there to meet with them. They're like, hey, actually, we're going to have you come sit down with some more executives and you're going to go in this room and here's a bunch of people. I'm like, oh. I mentally was not prepared for that. And then they're talking to you about the project, talking to you about what you're bringing to the table. And then let's go ahead and see you read. Hey, you want me to do that again? We've seen enough. I'm like, ah, okay, okay. You know, and you don't get that experience. It's better to have that here training than it is to to actually bomb that opportunity. You know, why not make it work by getting somewhat acclimated? You know, there's 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 ways to to train as actors, you know, go take dance classes, go to learn how to shoot a gun. If you want to do action, you know, I, I, there was a time period where I, I was working with some um, law enforcement guys because I wanted to do roles like that. And they would tell me like the big thing about law enforcement, particularly it was SWAT guys. I was, I was working with, they're like, when you're breaching into a building, you never know what's going to happen. You don't, people can die. It's life or death. But, You want to, in your head, go through all sorts of different scenarios. You want to train in all sorts of different scenarios. That way you can be cool on ice the moment something happens and something crazy comes your way. You don't react. You don't freeze up like a deer in headlights. You're able to smoothly move and handle the situation. And I think that's like this, you know, you're helping actors have the opportunity to handle all sorts of different situations so that they can be cool when they actually approach it.
0: You mentioned nerves. How do you deal with nerves? Do you get nervous?
1: Oh man. Um uh, yeah, yes and no. It really okay. depends on on what it is. Me as a person, I'm i I have a little bit of a, a adrenaline junkie thing. <laughs> so I I put myself in high stressful situations for for fun and to try to make myself grow and and not be nervous in particular scenarios. But then in other times where it might be something that's even outside of something that I've really tried to prepare myself for. Yeah, the nerves will come up and something that I try to do is really use the nerves as excitement or use it as like, this is what's going on with my character. He's not, he's not nervous. He's excited for this reason. Or if he is nervous, tie it to what's going on on the edition or what's going on in the the setting. You know, you, you and I had a fun conversation one time as far as uh, an, an interrogation character A a personal choice of if he's nervous in the interrogation, maybe he uncuffed his hands from his handcuffs. Mm. Now you don't know what he's going to do and he's a little nervous because he's going to jump at the guy, is he not? But that's a choice in using the nerves for your character, I think, is is really smart.
0: Sure. If you can channel it and use it, it's like batteries for an actor. You want that. It, It takes you to the next level. It gets you focused you know, you just got to learn how to breathe and how to ground yourself. That's why I I train my actors to breathe. I mean, it's so important to really be able to take a deep, full breath and to ground yourself. Because when that adrenaline kicks in and that heart starts to pound, you can take a deep breath all the way up and and all the way out and ground yourself. And if you train that muscle, it's going to be there when you need it. So that's why I, I highly recommend all actors take some time every day to just sit in stillness and find their breath and, and work that muscle. So it's only a breath away when you need it. Yep, it's like a, what we we're
1: saying earlier, beat at the craft every day, work on breathing, work on vocal exercises, work on body warmups, right? Because even in your class, you do physical body warm-ups before anybody performs scenes. And, you know, I've seen people be nervous maybe before as the class getting ready to start. You do the warmups, which incorporates breathing and incorporates the body movement. People ground. They connect to themselves. Mm-hmm. They feel more of, of whatever their choices are. And uh, I think working that every day is a testament to when you're in the situation, how to control yourself, how to bring your nervousness down how to utilize the nervousness because if you know all of these like you say are muscles that breathing muscle if you don't utilize it it'll get flabby you know to keep it sharp will keep you as the actor sharp for the audition for when you're on set
0: yeah you want to shake it out you want to get out of your head you want to get into your body you want to get into your heart you want to get into play mode you want to get into i love acting and guess what here i am i'm on the set i'm here and i get a chance to act and, yeah. and that that heart pounding is just your instrument telling you doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Like yeah. you're on the right path. You know, if you don't have that, it's like, oh, you're not on the right path. Your instrument's is going to tell you, this is exciting. This is what I want to be doing. You know, so uh, I, when I feel that, I go, okay, that's my instrument telling me I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. You know, I get it all the time. And I've been doing this a long time, you know, all the time but I have to, you know, embrace that and go, okay, this is excitement. My instrument is telling me I'm on the right path. Yeah. Reading yourself, knowing yourself too. Yeah. Getting, getting out of your head because the mind is dangerous. You go in there, it's going to start going down monkey brain and, oh my gosh, and what are people going to think? and What if I get it? It's a bunch of noise. Yeah, And it's really like the only way to get out of here and get into here is to, to take that breath and really get out of your head and get into your heart. Yeah, there's
1: there's studies I've I've uh I've seen where they've talked about how breathing can tie into different emotions, the way you breathe, shortness of breath, long breaths, mm-hmm. uh patterned breaths, anything like that can invoke emotions, even if you're trying to do emotional control, whether it's to come to terms with something or to provoke something. Breathing is tied into all of that. Sure. Yeah.
0: So what is your advice to actors that want to produce?
1: Ooh. That's a good one. Um, if they're starting out and they've never produced four before, it would be to read, you know, absorb as much knowledge as you can. Get into productions on a ground level. Start out as a as a PA. You know, there's even programs out there. There's actually a lot of um, studio programs that work in conjunction with uh, colleges. So if you are even, let's say, you're part time in school. If you want to reach out to a production or a studio or an agency, you know, whatever they're, they might be into, they do, um, internships and then you can have an internship. And I, I have known people who were students, did a short film, worked out the internship program for, and the one person I'm thinking of is Showtime. And they showed the short student film to their mentor in the internship program And they place them directly as an APOC or assistant production coordinator, which is a decently strong mid level position for somebody who on Showtime who's never had a background before. And so you can utilize school programs as a foot, like a foot placement. And if you are further along in your acting career, I think utilizing your network is really strong key, you know, finding out, you know, if you keep in contact with people on social media from productions you've worked in, again, utilizing IMDB, you can look at productions you've utilized and then see if you cross over with other people. Um, If you have, if you're trying to seed fund and get funding for production, you can create your pitch packets, you know, uh, your proof of concepts. Um, You can go to venture capitalisms at banks to try to get funding, or um, you can talk to sales agents if you want to do pre-sales on a project that you have an idea about potentially. And let's say you want to put together a crew. There's websites and services out there that you can really start uh, poking your nose around. There's a, a, a website called Staff Me Up. For example, that's great for finding crew guys or, or girls. You can go into uh, sales festivals in the same way that we have film festivals. Technically, cans and cans is kind of, you know, that's the big league out there. And it might not be the route for every actor who's just trying to start producing. But there's other festivals. Um, AFM. That are, yeah, AFM, for example. You can go there. You can, you can get on and you can network, meet and talk to people and build the relationships. Because part of producing is having relationships with people, depending on which level of producer you are. You know, if you're a production management producer, that would be like, hey, go learn about directing, go learn about assistant directing, go um, eventually learn how production supervising operates, how the mechanics of a set operate, and then how you can work as a production manager or learning the legal paperwork Uh, if you want to be a creative producer well easy it's like the guys from class start creating things call upon people you know a lot of times even at you know how we're actors out here looking for okay i want to find the right indie project or right short there's crew people out there who do the same thing they may just get out of college and they're like hey you know, I am I want to find something to be an assistant director on or I want to, you might find a guy who's gaffing and just getting started. And you can pull together people in the same level. And uh, and as time goes on, I've seen that a lot of times develop, the networks that you build will carry on. Like there's been a couple projects I've worked on where half of the crew had already worked together on numerous projects, right? Because they had, they liked working with each other. They, in the same way we're talking about, we refer other actors to things, crew guys, crew girls refer each other to different projects. If you're looking for lighting people, uh, sound people, you know, uh, transpo, anything like that.
0: It's great advice. Thanks. You know, read, 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 produce, you know, don't, don't wait for anybody, create your own projects, you know, learn on the job training. I mean, I produced a movie, uh, you know, I, I raised money and I produce a two and a half million dollar film in New York city. I never produced a movie before. I picked up up a book on independent producing. I read it on the plane. I got to New York. I made sure I found the right, you know, line producer and the right, you know, I did my, you know, I found those right key people. Mm -hmm. And I I said, we're making a movie and made the movie, you know, so it's, it's just going out there and and doing it and saying, I'm going to do it and do it like, like, you know, my actors here, you know, Hunter, he said, he's going to do it. He went, he made a film and it's now it's out there. And now that work are in the festivals, make yep. your own projects. Don't wait for anybody, you know, just make it happen. And there's something to, to
1: that as well. I think that's a big thing is he made the project. He's putting it in festivals. Well, mm-hmm. it's kind of, it, it makes me think of like theater in New York, where if you're on a play, you start sending out the postcards. Maybe, well, this is maybe a little bit dated now, but you send out the postcards <laughs> to casting or agents. Sure. You want to come see your play. Same way now, you can produce your own project, put it in festivals, invite people to come to the screenings, bring them in, people you want to work with. I've had more movement in my acting career once I started producing, because then it's like, hey, I'm going to contact this casting director, I would like to hire you for this. Even though I might have wanted to get in contact with them as an actor, I'm going to bring you one as a producer, to which now they're like, hey... Use me again, and I would love to put you forward as an actor to another project. You know, building these networks. Um, uh, I've had an agent that I wanted to get in front of where I hired some of his people on one of my films. Um, we, we worked out, we brokered some deals. And uh, then he's like, hey, if you ever want better representation... I'd be happy to take you on as you know, as long as you keep hiring my people, even though that's kind of how some of the business works. Mm-hmm. But there was more movement for me, I noticed, or more opportunities that were coming to me as an actor just from being on the, the production side. And so you can really just build relationships with, with people and, and know how to navigate that.
0: Can we talk about some of what you have coming up, some of the projects you produce?
1: Yeah. So I've got this action thriller. Um, we don't have it listed on IMDb right now. We're we're still going through QC, and uh, for anybody out there that's newer, that's called quality control, right? So to, to get a film into theaters, if it's been sold, it has to have certain types of requirements for licensing, lighting, sound, all that stuff to make it look good. Um, so that's going through QC. Uh, we were originally going to launch that. It was going to hit theaters about – I think a week ago, and now we're pushed back to next month to just kind of adjust things. Um, so that's called the Groomsman Action Thriller. It's great. It's got uh Sir Darius from Dumanji in it, it's got uh Cam from Twilight in it, it's got uh Natalie Byrne from The Enforcer uh in it, Orlando Jones from the replacement. So a good cast, fun, fun project. It's kind of like uh Kill Bill meets uh Runaway Bride, basically. <laughs> Cool. And then uh, after that, I've got a kind of a horror thriller called Wineville coming out. So hopefully, that's going to hit theaters. I want to say end of summer, early fall. Um, that's more of a horror film. And then after that, I've got an art house film called Dark Feathers that should be releasing. But that's going to be going more towards the film festival route. Um, that one is more of a psychological thriller. Um, we had an Asian, uh, mostly an Asian production team. So it was an Asian American story that was being told, which was pretty cool. Um, and then from there, uh, what I've got kind of pipeline for this year is working in more of the, a little bit more of the commercial realm and trying to get some uh, commercial contracts built out to kind of expand
0: my producing background, basically. Love it. Well, I have no doubt you're going to be successful. You're very talented. You, you have that drive. You, you, I mean, I can't wait to see what's next for you. Awesome. Thank you, Billy. And I can't thank you enough. I know it was last minute jumping on the podcast, uh, you know, for sharing your wisdom and knowledge on the show. You know, it's, I really feel like there's,
1: I haven't been out here and, and had as much experience as you have, but in the experience that I've had, I really, I look back and go, man, I wish somebody would have told me X, Y, Z, as a young actor. And how can I, I would love to give that back in the same sense of, I see you doing it with, with the studio here. And, uh, I just think there's so many ways to be not just a talented actor, but being a smart actor, Mm -hmm. you know, and because, you know, you might be talented, but if you're not being smart with how things are going, maybe you lose steam or you lose the drive or, you know, I think our biggest The biggest challenge as an actor is uh, ourselves, Mm -hmm. you know, working through the the doubt, working through riding the ride of the confidence, working through the low times, working through the slow times and and being able how to navigate all that, stay productive, creating
0: goals so that you can keep moving forward. Love that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I will see you in class in a couple of hours. I look forward to it. All right. Take care. All right, man. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Please rate, review, share this with your friends. Subscribe if you haven't. Please take whatever you get from here, the golden nuggets, and apply them to your career. Go after your dreams with passion. Don't let anybody tell you it can't be done. I believe in you. Follow your dreams. I'll see you in Hollywood.